It's Friday. Here's your Devat Torah for the Sedra of Vayera. Here's another Devat Torah from Rabbi David Horitz, originally written back in 2008. When one studies a piece of Talmud, the Gemara, one has to differentiate between the Hava Amina, the hypothetical assumption advanced at the beginning of the piece, but ultimately rejected by the Gemara, and the Maskana, the conclusion of the debate. And he writes that he believes that he should, we should do the same when we study this week's Sedra, and especially the episode of Akedas Yitzchak, the binding of Yitzchak. The Hava Amina, the theoretical starting point of the Akedah is clear. One must always submit to the will of Hashem, even if the will of Hashem is to commit murder, God forbid. Now, the 19th century non-Jewish Danish philosopher Kierkegaard, in his book Fear and Trembling, presents numerous hypotheses on this story. But the conclusion that he reaches is that the Arcada constituted a teleological suspension of the ethical, meaning that Avram had to realize that being truly religious means not doing what he thinks is correct, but doing what God thinks is correct. And if that meant sacrificing the only son of his old age, then so be it. But what's the conclusion? Are we to understand that when an angel of the Lord called to Hashem, Avraham from heaven and said, Stop! Don't raise your hand. I know that you fear Hashem. You've not withheld your son, your favoured son from me. That we've... That what's happening here? Is it that we've rejected our starting point? That to be God-fearing, you've got to suspend your sense of morality? Or... Or are we saying that you can't suspend your morality? Where does the shift, where's the shift in the logic? So true, one, almost, one must always submit to the will of Hashem. But what is the will of Hashem? So one Jewish thinker called Yosef Ibn Kaspi, born around 1279 or 1280 in southern France, died somewhere around 1345. He said as follows. Avraham was prevented from carrying it out at that point. When he was approaching the act of sacrificing Yitzchak, he was stopped. For this reason, the Pasuk is careful to say that when he, may he be blessed, commanded this act, it was only by way of a test. God forbid that he would command in such a manner as to intend its fulfillment. The purpose of the command was to uproot, to undermine and to weaken what the established belief that was in the heart of people at that time who were punctilious about sacrificing their children to their gods. Furthermore, while it's true that Hashem who gave the Torah permitted us to take other forms of life, animals or sacrifices, as an expression of our guilt, of our thanks, heaven forbid, God forbid, that the human species would be used for this purpose. The ultimate sacrifice in those generations was to offer their children as a sacrifice to their God, whether that would be by passing them through the fire or to burn them completely or to slaughter them and cast their blood as a food offering to their gods. In general, the Torah attempted to cure the serious disease that occurred in our people in those times. Man was created in the image of God. Consequently, such worship entails the sin of murder. If you're going to sacrifice your children, you've murdered. And the sin of committing an abomination before Hashem. According to Yosef Ibn Kaspi, the maskana, the conclusion of the Akeda, is life-affirming. Hashem wants us to serve him in life, not by sacrificing other human beings. This dovetails with the
the biblical imperative v'chai bahem. We have to live. So if we find that our Torah and mitzvah observance, if our Judaism isn't life-affirming, if it brings us misery and despair, if you feel down and not alive, then we're getting it wrong. So let's use the Akedah, let's use the conclusion of our story to remind us that ultimately the Torah is life-affirming, life-sanctifying, life-ennobling. Have a lovely day and a wonderful Shabbos. Ki yashmara shahabat kal yashmara ni